NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What are we talking about on this one? Uh, okay, I've got Patreon in there as well. The stings go from here down. Oh, so the, the visuals from yeah, the last six there uh, go one, two, three, four, five, six. As is your want. Yep, one, two, three, four, five, six. Yep. <laughs> you know how it works, <laughs> baby. Yeah, we'll get straight into it as well. When you, you say you say your little fucking thing, whatever you got to say, and then. Yep. Show starts when you start talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <I'll just fucking sighs> Am I good? The great cricketer is a Twitter stream. It's about playing crickets at the grade level. Boys! Get a few today, did you? To be honest with you, I um, hate grade cricket. <laughs> uh, I went into to play for a team called... Um, Obviously, sharing is always a big issue, a big issue for, for young kids coming into a senior cricket team. It's like a whip league. Um, a bit of advice. Yeah. I refer to the great cricketer here and I'll say, this will do a little bit early. <laughs> oh, Australia win the Ashes 4 and nothing. What do we learn? What do we feel? Simon Cadditch is on the show. Phil Walker has stayed up late to, to, to give us the English view from all the way in rainy old England, indeed. Uh, Coley steps down from captaincy. Rami's Raj has got some ideas to fund cricket. The Under-19 under World Cup is on. There's some other stuff happening, probably. This episode is brought to you by Budgie Smuggler, and indeed brought to you, and they have bought it. Uh, BudgieSmuggler.com. Use the code CHAMP at the checkout. Sam Perry, 4-0. The summer, in many ways, has just begun. But it's mostly over. I mean, the Women's Ashes does start on the weekend. No, Thursday, I think it is. Um, so there's more to come. The Big Bash final and cricket just goes nonstop. But the centerpiece that was this summer, it only comes around every four years down under. It was incredibly disappointing from start to finish. We've had some, <laughs> <laughs> we've had some highs. We've had a lot of lows. And I just want to know how big Cam Grade is. That was that's the main question and yeah. answer to come out of the ashes. Yeah. I think that's reflected in the views of the audience, and it has been. It's been good to connect with everybody through these ashes. We built up to it for a long time. We are grateful for it happening. We're magnanimous to England because of the result that we secured, of and we did yeah. as well. And I thought it would be helpful to 
go to the viewers, go to the audience to yeah. just try and sum up the feelings yeah. at the end of this. Yeah, uh, this ashes, and then we can we, we can chat, We're go through chat. it however you like, the yeah. game, everything, yeah. put it into big themes, insipid, great, demolition job, all that sort of shit. Mm-hmm. Everyone's going to do the same thing. Twin Towers. But let, yeah, uh, yep, yep, world's greatest <laughs> collapses. Here's oh a few views. God. Here's a few views. Oh, fuck me, Cam Green's pretty tall, isn't he? <laughs> Good circuit, Orbach. <laughs> Blonde hair, blue eyes, two meters. This thing is fucking limbs. The big kid, he fucking bats, he fucking bowls. The results of some BHP mining funded experiment in the middle of buttfuck WA somewhere. He is, it's fucking printed on his back, 42, the meaning of life. This is a sign. This is safety. Fuck yes, Cameron Green. Two hours ago, then none for 60. I'm like, fuck this game. This is too hard. We're meant to be winning. What's happening here? I'm, I'm scared. Not safe at all. Yep. Two hours later, we won too easily. I mean, I'm <laughs> bored. I don't feel anything. They're fucking, they're limp. They're flaccid. They didn't even have Jack Leach with his fragile optic nerve to make me feel safe. <laughs> uh, like, the summer's over now. What am I meant to do? Scorchies are on top, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the presentation, on? <laughs> Finally. Stop moving the robot. <laughs> hey, that's the cross-section of views uh, out there. Some really good uh, points. Some really men. good points, mate. Thank you to everybody who contributed visceral minutes, visceral noises uh, throughout the time. Yeah, oh, I, I think we'll keep it going, generally speaking. You sure, know, when when it's, sure. when it's right. But I think that's that generally sums up the the views from across the world. Yeah. Uh, except, I, well, we've got a lot of Indian ones talking about us losing the Border Gavaskar Trophy. Just uh, call your jets. You, you have up. your time, mate. You'll have your time, mate. Just referring to them as one <laughs> collective. Right. When I look back on these ashes pairs, as I like to do mm. of a morning, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll think about. Uh, stop moving the robot. Yeah, uh, it feels like that's what it was for me, these ashes. Yeah. Just stop moving the robot. Yeah. No, exactly what you mean. Where do you want to start with this one, Pez? Do we talk about just last night or we just talk about – I guess we, we, we've been doing the dailies, obviously, uh, on YouTube and for audiopatreon.com forward slash great cricket over the reactions after every day's play. So we've sort of – we did that last night. We spoke about the collapse last night and the match as it went along. It was only a three-day game. Uh, the second time that's happened these in these uh, – when the last – well, two of the last three tests have been three days. Um, but should we just talk about more broadly the Ashes as a whole? Is that probably more interesting to people rather than just should Billings have not chipped one to mid on? Oh, that the way that they collapsed last night was very symbolic. I think everyone's yeah. good. I mean, that's just that's just wa- there's wall to wall coverage on the symbolism of the way they mm. gave it up last night. I mean, yeah. actually, the series was like bookended by extraordinary deliveries that that bold guys that shouldn't have, you know, like, yeah. I mean, the, we probably should have known it would be like this from the first delivery of the ashes. Like that was still, that was the standout moment. The first still, ball, still everything is. went down, downhill from it's, there. That is so symbolic of what was to come. Exactly. And I think when we saw it happen, I mean, you like, we're watching on the couch again, you mm. got up and just fucking left. And you started yeah. laughing down yeah. the corridor. Yeah. I mean, it was, that was, that was the summer gone right there. Yeah. First ball. Half folding a leg stump, no swing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Warney's still found a way to be part of it. Good on him. 
Great, hell of a bowler. Ah, uh, the king. Of, uh, he's the king. Yeah. And he's always welcome. Those wheels are a bit hay going, but uh, he's the king. He's the king. He's the king. Yeah, absolute king. Uh, as long as that's... Yeah, and then, and then uh, you know, Ollie Robinson giving up the stumps. I mean, look, at about oh. whatever time it was, like 9 o'clock last night or 8.45, everybody agreed that the match needed to end at four down. We, we, we're, all, yeah. we're all in agreement to yeah. finish this off, apart from maybe a couple of broadcasters and ads and shit yeah. or whatever the fuck happens what, there. What wicket was it for you? Was it the Stokes one? Yeah, caught by line, short ball, or was it? Or was it root? Well, man, I mean, Win, Winviz had England at fifty-two percent chance of winning that at was one a, point. That's a fucking joke. I like Crickviz. I think it's like, hey, yeah. at sixty-eight for none. I was like, I was like, oh, this is, uh, this has got a real like, you know, let's give him something. Uh, finish, you know, like some crumb the, stuff. Yeah, some crumb. Exactly, mate. the crumb the stuff. Crumbs, <laughs> yeah, bit of crumb stuff. I'm watching this. this is crumb stuff. I've seen this, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Crumb stuff. Here we go. Yeah, how's, yeah. How's, the, how's the game going, darling? <laughs> Crumb stuff. <laughs> uh, oh, I see, yes. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. No way she talks me like that. No. Uh, <laughs> Just turn your head three uh, millimetres. When Crumb did, when, stuff. When did it happen? Um, I think, uh, I think, mate, probably like Ollie Robinson running out to point and getting bowled behind his legs for me. <laughs> Fuck it. Uh, and then it was, yeah, it was... Ollie Pope, man. What did I say? Ollie Robinson. Sorry, Ollie yeah. Pope. Yeah. Ollie Robinson ran the other way. He fucking reverse yeah, trucked yeah, it out yeah. the square leg. Sorry, yeah. I keep mixing Either them up. Either way, they're running out for a circuit. I mean, that game That's was right. over for, yeah. And they needed to get out of there. The, the, the demolition was completed. They, they, were, they got broken. Yep. They, they, they broke. I mean, mm. they broke Joe Root in Sydney, mm. getting caught behind there, and then the rest of them were just broken. Yeah. Mate, um, these entire... Ashes, I felt um, I felt kind of pissed off. I felt pissed off at England, and it's hard to like come across as an Australian because like this this is the rivalry, right? I know India's got a thing, but whatever. But this is the rivalry in our sport, the Ashes, right? And and when it's so when my team Australia is so comprehensively beating the main rivals, and then I come across pissed off, it sounds it sounds extremely arrogant, and you know maybe there is some arrogance in there as well. Don't get me wrong. But I felt so pissed off about these ashes for so many parts because first and foremost, like we watch cricket all year rounds now, right? That's, this is what we do for a I'll job. I'll keep an eye on it. <laughs> I'll have a look at it. Um, looking forward to talking about the Big Bash later. Uh, and we know we know there's English players pretty well. We both lived in the UK a period of time. We've got a good cultural connection with the UK. A bit more of an understanding than, say, as an example, South Africa or India or, for that matter, even New Zealand. But, but I've been so pissed off at, like, just the – the lack of professionalism in so many aspects for England. And, like, all, we, we know heaps of these guys for England, and they're all really good guys. There's not many bad blokes knocking about. But, like, how many times in a series, in a five-test series, can you let yourself down? And, and me watching it as a, as a fan of these guys as people and also just cricketers and liking the sport generally. Very reluctantly say I'm going to like the sport. Obviously, keep that to yourself. But, like... The, the endless no balls, the two years of planning to not pick guys in certain situations, the lack of preparation that these guys have exuded and exhibited throughout the series. And then how many wickets are they going to take from no balls, let alone just the bowling of the no balls, the the drop catches, the the utter – I mean, last night, it, it truly was pathetic last night. I mean, that, that was it was the biggest no contest that I've seen in a long time. I mean, it's, it's always grander to say, like – um, worst worst team ever and that kind of shit. But hey, I'm going to go with Ponting. I can't remember a worse touring team out here. And for it to be the Ashes and for them to have come out 
a while ago and said, well, everything we're building towards is for the ashes. So you sort of forgive what happens in India with, with their, with, with their touring, uh, with their tour to India with some non-selections when India went to England, but then they come out here and it's so bad. And it's, it look, Australia is a really hard place to win. And history suggests that the ashes when they're in Australia aren't actually very good series anyway, because they've won what six tests in 35 years, three of those came in one series. So, you know, history suggests that the, the the ashes out here aren't very good anyway. But there are ways and ways. I mean, this this is this is such this is so bad that like <laughs> it's going to take a lot for them to recover from this. And I, I don't think you can turn around in a year. I think this is like a now a near on five year project. Mm-hmm. There you go, mate. Do something with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm still trying to make up. My mind, mate. When you say that uh, you've been pissed off about yeah. it, I, I totally like. I believe you. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure whether that's the view that would be shared by most people in Australia, like because they don't watch cricket every day and it's it's not yeah, a course, really yeah. important thing for them all all the time. Oh, I don't but like it. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> sure. Like is the correct word. Like, there's another word where yeah. it's like, no, I, I do it every day, and I'm really devoted to it. But I'm not sure I like it. <laughs> don't know what it is. Still trying to let us know if you know what yeah. that word is. Do you like the cricket? Oh, cricket. fucking! Oh, so you just there's, there goes three hours. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like we we if a series was close, mm. I think Australia and Australians would have found a would have found a way to be upset with that too because absolutely because this is what we do. Out here, we, yeah. we there were there's a part of me that that wanted the four five nil yeah. every time. Yeah. There's a part of me that started to have frustration when it wasn't the procession that I expected. Australia themselves have planned maybe with a little bit less talk about it to do exactly this because this is what they do. This is how they kind of this is how Australian cricket kind of regenerates itself and and sets itself up again to go climb mountains that it will fail <laughs> to climb in different conditions. Mm-hmm. So. I still appreciate that Australia did what it did. It's just that England, England were abject in those areas that you talked about, like like uh, closed skill things, like no balls and uh, ways of dealing with situations and backing away and 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 collapsing in a heap, or even, you know, a collapse. I, I even take issue with that word when it comes to England because a collapse implies that that. That something that was normally fortified. Yes, the structure falls. was sound. Yeah, yeah. Except that with England, they didn't collapse. They just got out. It like that, they, they just got out like that every what time. Happened, that, yeah. that was just their innings. <laughs> yeah, that's like, right. That's right. So, anyway, I, I think that Australia, like, it, because England was so abject, it's hard to get a read on whether how happy we can be about is, the Australian side. Right. Like, yeah. without doubt, Cameron Green improved on last year. He came from a low base. It's his second series. That's good. Yep. Three Asian tours are going to be a completely different thing for yep. him. And yep. then as for the bowlers, well, the bowlers did what the bowlers do. They're relentless. We've got depth. We've been doing that for a long time. Different names now, Richardson, Boland, etc. Awesome stories, like no doubt. Yep. Uh, the batters failed to convince in the way that they have in the past with the exception of Travis Head who stepped up. Uh, but a lot of the big boys, they did they did the job, right? But yeah. we're living in a bit of a bowler's era now. Yep. Your 30s and your 40s are really helpful and important. Yep. And so I don't know what good is anymore. Like is good, uh, is good being good in relation to other international teams, in which case, you know, the it's all there for the taking. India are losing a little bit as well. Like is Australia – Good compared to everyone else. Is it good compared to old teams? 
what did England teach us? I, I'm just I'm just not sure. I, I do think England can fix it up because they've got they've got money and it will take a few years and I think they will out of pride put a little bit more into their Red Bull stuff and mm. I, I think that they will get it done. And I think the the loss was so bad that they're forced to now. It's good it's better for them that it was four nil than three <laughs> one. Do you remember um do you remember last year, last Ashes around here four years ago when Lyon was talking about ending careers and stuff? I mean, it's happened this they'll they'll they'll, they'll have to make so many changes yeah. in England. I mean, there's just the coach's job is untenable. I'd imagine Giles is the same situation. Mm. I'm I'm less certain about um what to do with Joe Root, because it's now down to me what I should do. Uh but <laughs> him not being captain suggests that there's better candidates. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and it may not be the case. Yeah, so but sometimes you need a new face. But though. is is his job tenable as well? It's 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 a tricky one. I'm not, mm. I'm not really sure. Um, man, I tell you what, the, the Australian selectors have had a fucking good summer. They've, well, had a, they've had a good summer. Like they brought Kawaja in when he, I mean, he was next cab, sure, yeah. but he got two hundreds in the game. They brought in Boland, yeah, and he has taken eighteen wickets at nine point five. That's yeah. that's pretty good. Yeah. Richardson came in for that game and he got a fiver. Okay, Nisa got his got his chance and we got to ruffle his feathers a bit. Uh, literally, salad. Mm. Uh, and uh, I guess they gave Harris. I stuck with Harris for a bit. He, he unfortunately had to. He, he really couldn't play in that last Test match, which was good for him. I reckon, oh, I reckon. he wouldn't have uh, wanted to face the pink ball yeah. when Kawaja had to. He became a better player for not playing in that game, big time. Yeah, he's probably got himself for the Pakistan too. I would have thought so. <laughs> right, no, yeah. no, 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 That's right. Take a breather, man. Uh, and uh, did anything else happen? Uh, I don't know. I think the selectors just had a really, like, and you never, you never, well, you're not supposed to say the selectors had a good summer. You only call them out when they've done something shit. But totally. Uh, but uh, it's it's come together perfectly for Australia, right? And it's it it like again, it, right? Like it's it's funny what you're talking about there in terms of Joe Root, in terms of who's responsible. Because uh. what if you've got a team or a setup that's actually quite good at home and maybe similar conditions away, but you're sort of discreetly and specifically bad in really foreign conditions somewhere else? Does everyone have to lose their job in yeah. uh, like? It, you know, for the next three-year cycle where you're playing heaps of different places because you're not good in one place yep. in particular, like, th- then you – like, well, look at look at the Justin Langer situation. He's, right. he's won. He's won. He yeah. Won the World Cup. Yeah. He's won here at home, 4-0. I noticed that Ricky Ponting last night said, well, on performance, you have to keep him. And, like, yeah. Ponting may be – Ponting may just be defending the principle of rewarding performance rather than just simply going off – personalities or or whatnot it's it's that's how that's kind of how bad england was it's actually difficult to get a read on who's good and who isn't yeah uh so for that reason i'm kind of like i just enjoyed the series for what it was australia did what it did i think i think the australian public needed a demolition job you know we've been we've lost to india twice in the last three years or something um we we pumped Pakistan and New Zealand a couple of years before that. We lost to South Africa. Like it's been yeah. it's been pretty turbulent. It's been a bit yeah. of mediocre stuff. Like it, yeah. it's been nice to reset. Yeah, couple of hundreds, couple of guys coming through. You know, Cameron Green, some bowling shit. Uh, you know, we've been able to relax and settle down. We've had we've had no bushfires this summer. That's been nice. Like uh, <laughs> coronavirus was was hell, mm. but crowds are able to come. It's just there was just a li- just brought a little bit of calm. Cummins, his eyes. No, there's no bullshit. It, yeah. it's, it's that that part of it's been nice. Thank you, England, for prov- providing that pinata. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And let's see what happens now. I feel like that Australia's the the, the foundation of safety in Australia though, is bulk runs. And when you really yeah, get the bulk runs, but I no mean, one around the world's getting runs. No, There's that's no big right. Boys. No, that's right. There, there definitely is this argument that we hear all the time about uh, techniques in Test cricket being not as tight as what they were because of white ball stuff, and it's that stands to reason. Sort of seeing that bear out. I mean, Travis Head, player of the series, 
we've been getting pretty good odds. Um, and I was looking around for them too. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's right. Yeah, that's right. the old bin lid. <laughs> the bin chicken, the mm. ibis. Um, yeah, like, uh, I suppose you, th- you think about, but I think about 2013, is that Johnson's Ashes? You do think yeah. about it, yeah. I, I think about it, mate. I mean, that was just Johnson being too good. And then the last Ashes four years ago were like, I feel like, I feel like England, they, they performed okay, you know? Like, they, they, they put like up Mitch a Mitch scoring hundreds, Sean Ma scoring hundreds. Like yeah, the, there's some safety stuff yeah. there. We can we can, we can can hold our hat on to something there. But but uh, but this time it's like they're so abject that it's like, it, it, it come back to this thing mm. of, like, I don't know, I don't know if we're good. Mm. And what does that mean? Mm. All of the Australian players, every single one, you name me any player, they, they did something to decisively yeah. impact a match. Yeah. All the way through, like, all the way to, to Michael Nisa getting Hasib Hamid out at night. You know, like, yeah. everybody else did something match-defining. Yeah. And then you're like, is that the sign of a great environment or is that a sign of just man for man outclassing the opposition because the gap is so massive in these conditions yeah. or a little bit of both. We don't know what it means. And in the, like in the absence of knowing exactly what it means, then I just lie back and just hook it all up to my veins. Yeah. I'll call the numbers up to my hook veins. Like, like what, in, like, and the English press would be brilliant at this. Like England have thrown up, like depending on your perspective, like a statistical minefield or a statistical orgy. Mm. It, like it's, uh, mm. it, it just, you can just drink so many things in around like numbers comparing to the 1800s, like the lowest number of 50 partnerships, yep. Yep. the biggest collapses since fucking 1890, where like everything links back to WG Grace and shit like that. That's right. And it's, you know, Boland's, average, Boland got, Boland's bowling average went above 10, then went back under it as well. Yeah. Safety. He averages more with a bat than the ball. He averages 12 with the bat, nine yeah. with the ball. That kind of shit. All of that, all that sort of shit. Ian Botham's calling him embarrassing and gutless. Like, yep. you know, if you yep. want, if you just want to do the tribal shit, yeah. and there's a part of me that does, you know, to be honest, like just a part, you, just, you, can lie, you can lie back and hook up. I only like the tribalism when, when they put up a fight. So Sydney, when they get the draw, because yeah. they, they played well that game, well enough. Uh, mm. Did they play well in Sydney? Oh, they, they showed, they, they showed they, something. Yeah, they showed something. I mean, they're one wicket away from a clean, <laughs> clean sweep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 10 for 56 in 22 overs last night. <laughs> that to me, like, that, that, that to me, like, that to me, like, eradicates what happened in Sydney, you know, because, like, they've, they've avoided the whitewash. And then they get the conditions in Hobart. They win the toss on this green seam, overcast conditions, pink ball. It's fucking just going around corners like we haven't seen in Australia maybe ever in our lifetimes. And then they get Australia batting again at night. So it's like double whammy. Mark Wood has the, what probably the bowling performance of the series, second to, to Boland's, but he gets them in the game and they still get pumped. All right, oh, I can ask you a question. Tough, like, uh, man. It's is tough. This, it's is tough this, to um, enjoy. Is Australia going somewhere now? Like, uh, is, is Australia ready to scale the mountain? Well, they, I had, think they had to do it. They had to play who was in front of them. Fresh time, Cummins as captain. Uh, he probably wants a bit of renewal. He's got some Asian tours coming up. Is Australia ready to scale again? Australia will win the next Ashes in England. There you go. This this this, this Australian team will be pretty similar to what it will be in eighteen months. Maybe some batting changes. What does Australia need to do for us to be happy? I mean, win I'll, in England. We need to win in India, win in England, and win the World Test Championship the Ashes, comfortably. The Ashes. <laughs> <laughs> if they chase two seventy in the World Cup final and it's five down, I'm fucking livid. Okay, <laughs> we, as a polis, <laughs> we won't be happy until we're better than Steve Waugh's side. It's gonna be a long old wait. <laughs> 
<laughs> we've got to win 14 tests in a row. Exactly. Whatever it was. And, and, and we need to beat the Olympics and win those gold medals. That's right. Uh, I don't know why there's yeah. multiples, but yeah. I'll, I'll get the women involved as well. A lot of pressure on those 2032 Olympics in Brisbane. And make it holistic win, crush everything at all times. How old's Cameron Green going to be at the Olympics? He can do some shot put with that, can't he? Yeah, get him in multi-events. Multi yeah. Yep. You beauty. Bit of javelin gear? Yeah. Cam Green. It was nice to see Cam Green come through. I want 100 from him, though. <laughs> <laughs> Always want Not more. Not enough runs. Always want more. <laughs> you said that so sincerely as well. Yeah. Uh, you want to talk to Phil Walker about it? Yeah, I just... Yeah, I, no, I was just thinking about, like... Like, the, the Ashes away, Ashes in England, is the pinnacle of the sport. Here, it's it's just... The series aren't... They're never as good here. So, in England, is the pinnacle. And I think it's a watchable time for us. We care about it because it's in England. But that's a, that's a result of them not competing here. It should be as good here as it is there. Like... I know what you mean. Yeah. I, I just enjoy watching cricket over there as well because yeah. of the conditions. Cricket is better. But, but like yeah. we had the La Nina series where the ball was over bat as well. Like it, yeah. everything else was there, like was yeah. applicable here. Yeah. You know, like a rugby league fan, New South Wales were creating the the death of state of origin like in the early 2000s right. because they were winning too much. And yeah. then, you know, Queensland went on a run. Now, to be fair, like England just never win here. That needs to change. Yeah. But like I, I, I'm not – I don't want to get so entitled about Australia winning here that like – I'm like, oh, please give it, please give us a contest. Like the contest will come, mate. And when it does, they're gonna shit all over us verbally, physically, yeah. <laughs> spiritually. <laughs> right. Uh, so there's it, got to be a like. I imagine being part of that cricket side every day in my sleep as yeah, well. Yeah. Like, what if they were listening? Like, well, come on, boys, we've won. I mean, can we can we just get some praise? We've just won the series. But instead, we sort of sit here going. You know, not not more concept. runs for green to be yeah, nice. More runs for green. <laughs> England have got to sort their structures out, and then I'm going to get the, you know the right kind of series win. Yeah, we'll never be happy with the right kind of series win. I want three two fifth test in Sydney. Yeah. Cummins man cab. You meant well for the uh, win. That's, exactly. that's the perfect series. But the, the entire time you won't be wanting that because we'll be upset that England have won two games and they've nearly won the third. You know, but it's not until he affects that man cad. Yeah, well, that's that we'll true. Be like, oh, yeah, that was good. That's true because last year everyone was talking about, oh, what a great series between Australia and India. Worst series I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hated it. Exactly. Hated the whole thing. Headingly, horrific game. <laughs> ah, just glad we we're there. I'm a nonce. <laughs> Hate it. Are they fans or journalists? Hey, before we talk to Phil Walker, he goes, who's altogether uh, much more poetic uh, about all of this. Yeah. Uh, just, a, a, again, massive shout out to to Budgie Smuggler, who keeps our thing going, you know, and, and he's so generous and a wonderful business in and of their own right. And to talk about them today, I, I wanted to talk about, uh, and, and these are suggestions for custom designs, uh, famous state collapses. So government collapses through the era. You can actually get oh, pictures yeah, okay. of these yep. on your budgie smugglers. Of course. Uh, so just famous collapses. Um, uh, the War of the Roses in the 15th century England. Uh, that's a civil war, 15th century. Yeah, of course. I presume the, the roses matches Lancashire, Yorkshire. is probably some shit to do with that. Uh, that's how the stone roses were formed as well. They're quite an old band. The yeah, that's yeah, very 15th old. 15th century, yeah. Ian Brown. Okay. Yep. Uh, yeah. The Thirty Years' War, sixteen eighteen to forty eight. I guess that's just that's some Rubik's Cube stuff. What do, what, do, what do we call this? What do we call this war? Uh, the Irish Civil War, 1916 to 22. Yeah. Uh, the Chinese Communist Revolution, 1949. Century of humiliation before that. Right, of course, yes. Yeah. And the Cuban Revolution, 1958. A couple of, couple of ideas for uh, for pictures and designs well, you can put on your budgie smugglers. I just, I just had the idea that you could have, like, you could have budgies where, like, the stumps are, like, in the middle of the budgies, right? Yeah. And you can have 
Ollie Robinson on the backside, yeah. which is about the equivalent of how far away he was from the stumps yeah. when he was bowled. Maybe the bat could just wrap around yeah. the leg as well. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Somebody, or Ollie Pope could be on the other side, having That's run true. out to point. That's true. That's true. Both Ollies. Or you could get a photo, you could get like a design of like Salamanca Markets. Yes. Where the boys Cheese would have been last night. Circuiting. Bit of Hugh and Pine. I haven't got any DMs about any, uh, any circuit stuff. Are they allowed out in Hobart? I don't know. Maybe just dressing room gear. Yeah, they're probably not allowed out, are they? don't know. Anyway. Uh, okay, well, with that, let's talk to Phil Walker. Okay, in thinking about who we wanted to talk to at the end of the Ashes series, I thought, you know, we need to go poetic. We need to speak to someone who's at home in England experiencing it in the dead of the winter. Uh, and I thought, you know, the... The deepest, most well-known classic institution of cricket is Wisden. And so I thought, why don't we get on the editor-in-chief of the Wisden Cricket Monthly. Wisden. Wisden. And that's Phil Walker, who's joined us before. He's doing so uh, very dutifully because he was asked about this a couple of hours ago when he was sitting on a beanbag with a Japanese whiskey, and he still answered the call. So absolute. uh, And he still got that whiskey. Maybe it's a new one. Who knows? As he looks down (laughs) the barrel of the camera. Uh, It's our great pleasure, and we're very grateful to be joined in the dead of night. In fact, just after midnight, very, very early Monday morning in the UK. Phil Walker. Phil, welcome back to The Great Cricketer. Welcome back, fellas. Thank you for having me yet again. I do appreciate that. It, it was quite the call, Sam, at mm. half ten on a Sunday night, just as I'm getting myself ready. Uh, but, yeah, look, when when you boys call, what, what can I do but say yes? You know, so here I am. Let's see how this one goes. Okay, you're just, it's been rather rather an emotional few days. Great. Say. So you can be a bit of a, like a piñata for us. No, I'm kidding. Uh, can, can, you, <laughs> can you speak viscerally to us? about the experience of watching England or watching these ashes from home in the cold winter for the last couple of months? You know, what are your abiding feelings now? We'll get into the analysis later, which I know you can also do, but, you know, where, where are you at a couple of hours after it's all over? The worst, the worst thing for me, I think, was day two, second test. That's when I realised that all of, all of my confected hopes all of my sort of half-baked theories, all of that kind of desperate attempt to try and convince myself that this might be worth actually following and building up towards, and all the work that we do and all the hype that we generate, I realised that it was empty. It was, it, was, it was a complete misnomer to think that this could actually be a fight worth having for any of us. And... It's not just on the, on the POM side. It's not just on the English side. We all suffer. Let's be honest, fellas. We all suffer. You suffer too, mm. right? You know, we all have a job to do here. <laughs> we all we all are, are kind of in thrall to this antiquated embarrassment that once used to be the greatest the greatest rivalry in sport <laughs> and all that nonsense. And I realised after day two of the second Test match uh, that it's it's empty and it's hollow. And it's dead. And I've felt that for the last, what well, that would be now probably four weeks ago. Um, and so I've been, I've been stuck in my own funeral march, really, for the last four or five weeks. And so nothing can hurt me anymore. Mm. You can't yeah. hurt me. Yeah. You, you, all, your jibes, your smugness, boys, you can't hurt me anymore <laughs> because I'm, I'm already down. I'm already finished. I'm already done with this thing. Uh, it feels worse, and I'm being serious here, it feels worse now 
than it's ever felt before. Because now it feels existential, if you like. Uh, It never really felt like that before. You know, we got stuffed in 06, 07 and... England kind of did the business with with the Duke's ball mm. in two in 09 and pulled it back. 13-14, you know, the, the Mitch Johnson's summer for you boys, we won it back somehow in 2015. Um this one, this feels this feels pretty terminal, I have to say. It feels pretty kind of catastrophic, you know, on an emotional level. And that's before we even wend our way down that boring road about the English system, the English, the English structure and all the rest of it. So this feels, this feels darker, bleaker, and therefore kind of, there's a sort of catharsis to it because now I know that there's no real turning back for a long, long time. So at least now I can stop trying to convince myself that there is something to fight for here because that fight is done. That fight is finished. It's agony. And it's not even funny anymore. The amount of people that I've been talking to over the last few weeks, colleagues, friends, family, who are trying to kind of turn it into some kind of gallows humour. It's not funny. It's not funny anymore. It's just bleak. It's just grim. And it's been very, very tough to watch. I have to say, have I watched every ball like the responsible, sensible journalist that I am? No, of course I haven't. I absolutely haven't because it's unbearable, frankly. Uh, And this morning, and I did watch it all this morning, I have to say, I watched it all play out today. I I woke up about seven o'clock, 45 for naught, England were, 45 for naught. And obviously it starts to tick over in your head. Maybe, you never know. Crawley, Crawley, not a bad player. Arguably not a bad player. But you know what's going to play out. Of course you do. Um, What was spectacular about this morning was just how how the, the finality of it, you know, it, it would have been it would have been an insult to the horrors of what had gone before for them to have scraped up to a kind of honourable defeat. No, they had to go down as they did. And glory be, of course, they did so. It's been horrible, fellas, frankly. It's mm. been absolutely grim. Well, and it's not funny anymore. You're going to try and make it funny. <laughs> it's not funny. All right. So don't, uh, it's too late for me to hear your jokes. Okay. It's not funny anymore. <laughs> Why am I laughing? Yeah, yeah. I've got a few memes. <laughs> of course you are. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> 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 that's the funniest not amount. funny um no we we <laughs> well, we we thoroughly appreciate i love the uh sort of shell that you're putting yourself in you can't be hurt anymore that's mm. such a sort of like clarity of i do that in be. relationships yeah that's right and we mm. we appreciate sincerely you answering pezzas you up text um to, to to talk to us but there seems to be something in you were talking there about like day two in adelaide where you had this realization this epiphany if you will and i know you will um, but like, but a lot of people in the UK seem to have only like what happened last night in Australia, like the last five, the last 10 wickets, maybe, uh, that was like a tipping point where it was so bleak. It was such a surrender that that has been the tipping point. But I suppose, well, in my observations, anyway, there's been so many cues leading up to that, that it was actually just like, well, let's ha- let's have Monday off here, boys, because um, we know we're not getting these runs. So, so was last night. The uh, the sort of the, the it wasn't a straw that broke the camel's back; it was a sledgehammer. But but was that the tipping point of for a lot of people? Do you think? 
Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I've seen this before as well, by the way, with this England side, where it's it's at the end of day three or the end of day four, and they know that they've lost, and they genuinely think, I want a game of golf. I'm going to have a game of golf tomorrow. Uh, Sod this. I want nine holes up the road. I'm not turning up for the last <laughs> rights on the following day. And that's how it felt tonight, or this morning, rather. That's exactly how it felt. Mm. It felt like a capitulation. But I have a degree of sympathy for them because I'm not sure that any human being right of mind sound of mind would have wanted to carry on why would you want to drag the ass out of this thing where it is so patently miserable and and it's done it's finished and so what you saw was the perfect kind of culmination of all of the crap all of the misery of the last few weeks it was all condensed into that two-hour period Mm. it had a horrible air of inevitability about it um and look they want to get out they want they they wanted to get out weeks ago, yeah. Uh, and what we've seen now is the manifestation of that. We, you you've played cricket, you know. No one really wants to play cricket. You understand that fundamental <laughs> mental principle. Deeply. No cricketer is ever happier than when they're not playing cricket. And you imagine what it's like to be them yeah. now. They are desperate to be out the door on the plane anywhere but where they are, which is in the spotlight in the in that harsh, brutal light of abject failure. Uh, and that's where they've been for weeks and weeks and weeks now. It's been agony for them. And and my heart, on a human level, my heart does genuinely go out to them. Joe Root, I feel a lot of, a lot of sympathy for the man. He's a lovely, lovely human being and a fine, fine cricketer. Uh, and people criticise his captaincy, and I understand why, because, my God, he might put two men out on the hook when you should be pitching it up and all the rest of it. And he doesn't use his spinner right. I get all of that, but what can you do? Mm. What can you do when you are you are the leader of a team that is pathologically incapable of making more than 140 every every time you go out to bat? Yeah. What can the boy do? Uh, it's it's uh, it's a collective collapse. It's like as soon as as soon as these these poor sort of you know limp but well-meaning chaps. And they're all smaller than your lot as well. Have you noticed how they're all smaller than yeah, yours? You know, important. they don't have any yeah. shoulders. They don't have any, <laughs> they've got no kind of chest. We notice, mate. Oh, we notice yes, about no 95% of they're the often, <laughs> They're often slightly kind of chinless as well, which is an English <laughs> trait. Chin-based And as soon as they land in, in Perth, as soon as they land in Perth in early November, it's like as soon as the plane drops there is a collective collapse and an existential crisis that flows through every single member of that setup. And I hoped against hope that it wouldn't be the case this time. And how about that? It's exactly the same, if not worse, mm. if not worse this time round. Just to, uh, tell, tell me why I'm wrong. Give me something. Honestly, from your perspective, give me something. I will. I'll throw something out from a, just for the sake of argument. Uh, one of the afflictions of modern society is is a joke about goldfish brain before and recency bias, etc. I mean, with the current uh, structure of the ICC schedule and how we're all coming to terms with three formats, four formats, content on every day, like we're trying to pretend whether MLB or NBA or whatever, strikes me that. Essentially, that we don't operate in three or four year cycles or ten year cycles. It's just what's the next thing. And two years ago, uh, a lot of the issues that beset English cricket that might have been leading to today, they were still there. But the World Cup was on, 
And English cricket was really good because the World Cup was on and they could win the World Cup. And you had an Ashes at home and you can swing it around corners and it's a good series. Everything looks good. I think Australia might be experiencing that in reverse at the moment. You know, we've got England here. So any of the problems in Australian cricket are kind of, um, they disappear. We, we, we are experiencing the opiate of an Ashes win. Uh, but we got three, yeah. three tours to Asia. We could be having a review in nine months' time. You know, we're talking about who should the opening bat should be. We could have a completely different order. Steve Smith's only mm-hmm. average thirty-seven. So, does that give you any? Uh, does that does that concept give you any comfort or pause that in a couple of months' time you're going to have you're going to have an English summer against beatable teams with perhaps a fit Jofra Archer and Ollie Stone. Joe Root might go back to scoring hundreds. You'll win the next Ashes potentially, and. Really, the issue is just how do you win a discreet Ashes series in Australia by just developing guys with chins? <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, a, a few things. One, uh, your lot are due, right? In, in the sporting cycle, Australia is due its time again. Uh, the notion that Australian cricket has become somewhat mediocre, overtaken by other powers, is obviously nonsense. And it's only been a matter of time before you come again. I happen to think that now is that time. Okay. And you look at certain individuals mm. who have come through. You look at that freak who bats at six for you, who's about seven foot tall. That's rude. That absolute monster. <laughs> Talk about a chin. Jesus. Oh, mate. He's yeah, all yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's got half a chin. We've all got three. He is he is a monster, but but he's not he's not alone. You see it, you, you bring in your, your your reserve quicks, none of whom we've heard of. Scott mm. Boland, bless him. I'd never heard of him. Mm. I, I'd seen the name. Mm. I didn't know what he did. Seen the name in the paper, S. Boland. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly, exactly. And you'll be lying to me if you said that you were kind of, you know, behind the Scott Boland story and all the rest of it, and yet he comes in and he's unbeatable. Look, Australia's time, I happen to think, is now. And I think that the Langer era has gone through its its kind of midterm blues, if you like, and I think he, he is coming out the other side of it. Uh, I can see Australia becoming very, very powerful over the next couple of years. And there's also a part of me in a kind of Stockholm syndrome way that actually wants it to happen. Actually, I kind of respect it. You know, the world makes sense to me when Australia are being nasty and bullying and arrogant and vicious and strong and the best. That makes sense to me. Okay, so I'm not I'm not against that scenario and I can absolutely see it playing out. The point about England uh, I don't think it applies anymore. I don't think that we get you lot back or we get India back in England and we get you on the Duke's ball and it's swinging around corners at Trent Bridge. I don't think it's as simple as that anymore. I don't think this is just a cyclical thing, you know, with with with, with the England setup at the moment. I think there are there are things that are quite quite significant that are playing out. And I don't want to get all earnest and strokey beard on you here, but no, there are certain things that are have been ignored for so long for so long and we've got away with it and because we've got away with it we've thought that's enough that that's okay everything's rosy in our minor public school garden where everybody looks the same and everybody sounds the same and nobody plays the game in a different way nobody brings their own personalities nobody brings their own kind of outsider hucksterish outlier approach to the game because they don't exist they hardly exist the people who play cricket for England and who play cricket at the top level in county cricket are the exceptions that prove the rule. And we are we are building our cricket in spite 
of our system rather than because of it. And that is just a, an, un, an unavoidable reality now. Now, people who are, you know, not being paid to parrot a different line have known that for a long, long time, for a long, long time. When you have, when you have a, a setup in our country, and I don't want to get class warrior on you, albeit it is 20 past 12 on a Sunday night <laughs> and I've had a couple of whiskeys, but I don't, want to get, I don't want to get you on this. But the reality is that in our country, 7% of the population go to private school, go to fee-paying schools. And the population of English cricket professionals is 50% from 7% to 50%. The population of the England cricket team is overwhelmingly from that very, very narrow social world, okay? So naturally, it's going to create a kind of homogenised cricketer, a cricketer that doesn't, doesn't necessarily come from the, from the backwaters or the back alleys or the streets. It doesn't... He or she, and it applies just as much with the girls' team, they they don't come to the game on their own their own steam their own personality they don't bring their own personality to it because it is very very funneled through a very very narrow pathway and that is problematic one of the things i've always admired about australian cricket and you might correct me if i'm wrong here but it's always felt to me like it is the people's game in australia mm. and in england it's just not fellas it's just not and it's not been for a long long time i don't want to get too statty, right? But listen to this. A few years ago, 2015, um, the ECB and a charity uh, went out to schools, normal schools, state schools, and they spoke to 2,000 children and they said, and you imagine this in Australia, they said, name me 10 sports, right? Top of your head, bunch of kids, 2,000 kids, name me 10 sports. Three out of five of those children didn't say cricket. They didn't even say it. So it's not like it's it's a bit expensive and a bit inaccessible. They didn't even cricket's not even relevant. It's not even a word that they understand. Sixty percent of these two thousand children didn't even know what the word was, right? So that's the level that we are working against in English cricket. So what we've seen here, sure, is a standard tragicomic disaster. Absolutely. And it's exacerbated by all kinds of other factors. And there are mitigating circumstances for sure. It didn't help that it rained for two weeks in Brisbane. It doesn't help that you are living through hell when it comes to COVID. And that is a legitimate point, incidentally. And it's not just an easy excuse. It's a legitimate point. None of that changes the overriding landscape that we are working against in English cricket. It's a narrow game played by a small number of people. And that is the fundamental issue that we have to face, I'm afraid. And until we do, and it will take a long time, we are always going to be working against that. We are always going to be carrying the same sort of components of NAF insular Englishness that we've seen for decades and more. And that is the fundamental thing that we have to deal with. The game is not available to people in the way that it should be. And it's not loved, therefore, in the way that it should be. And that is what we're working against. So you think birds and crawlies will open again? <laughs> <laughs> I, li I like I like, uh, I like Zach Crawley. I thought that 70-odd, if, if you're talking about crumbs of comfort, that 70-odd. Oh, yeah. oh, that, 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 that was a good knock. That was a good player. He's a good player. He's, he's, 
His dad made his money in the city. He's he's got a bit of money behind him. But <laughs> he knows what he's doing. Ah, city he knows boy. What he's yeah. doing, and he's a good player and a good man. Yeah. Uh, Mark Wood, right? Yeah. Look, Mark Wood, the only England cricketer I will wager to have ever delivered like, uh, leaflets for the Labour Party. Incidentally, <laughs> Mark Wood. I don't know if there's something in that. There might be, or there might not be. Mark Wood again is is a joy. You know, he's he's a diamond in the rough and all the rest of it, yeah. but. Overall, it's been pretty grim, fellas, I have to say. Yeah. Phil, thanks so much for your earnestness. And uh, I think there's been some good black humour in it as well. Uh, I, I, I don't know if I believe you that you can't see that it is a little bit funny. Uh, I, I do think things turn around. And, in fact, maybe it is so, you know, times are so low in English cricket that it will actually precipitate change and uh, refreshing. Because you've got money. The ECB has money, so if they want to do oh, yeah, some yeah, Red Bull stuff, I reckon they could. So, uh, uh, and I think you know, pressure from guys like you and, and other people will be helpful in that respect. Uh, a little bit funny for Australia, but appreciate it anyway. And enjoy the rest of that whiskey, mate. <laughs> no worries. Cheers, fellas. Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yep. It's got a high-res 120 hertz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. Yes, young Johnny Bearstow. Ginger, ginger. Sydney Cricket Ground. Johnny Bairstow. Generally, we'll always spin here at the Sydney Cricket Ground. I love me some Bairstow runs. Generally, we'll always spin here. Generally, we'll always spin here. Sydney Cricket Ground. I love me some Bairstow runs. Sydney Cricket Ground. Welcome to the Ginger Century. Ginger Century. Welcome to the Ginger Century. Fucking hell, man, he batted bloody well. Ginger, Ginger. Welcome to the Ginger Century. Generally, we'll always spin here at the Sydney Cricket Ground. The Asian Century refers to the Ginger, 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 Ginger Century. Generally, we'll always spin here at the Sydney Cricket Ground. Welcome. To the ginger century. Woo! <laughs> 4.90. Fuck off, baby. Welcome back to the Grey Cricket. Brought to you by budgiesmuggler.com. Thank you very much to Phil Walker from Wisdom there. Uh, let's get into. Um, well, Pez, you know what? Let's just do this real quick. Uh, the Big Bash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that should come before Coley. <laughs> the Big Bash is a competition that is going on at the moment. <laughs> It is an Australian domestic league. (laughs) (laughs) Of T20 matches. What is Big Bash? Filled with mostly twos and threes, guys. Scorchies are on top. Uh, The Renegades are at the bottom. And the other teams are in the middle. Okay, the the qualifier, uh, the knockout, the challenger, and the final. that, That starts on Saturday. Today is Monday. So the qualifiers on Saturday. The, the last round game finishes on Wednesday, I think it is this week, so two days' time. And then the final is next, like Friday week, because mm-hmm. we need to space this one out. So right at the end of the school holidays. 
Um, I guess a whole bunch of stuff can change. The Scorchies are on top. Five the, teams can get in, right? Out the, of eight. Yeah, that's right. Everyone that's gets right. a crack. That's right. Everyone gets a crack. The Heat and the Renegades are gone, and the rest are close enough. Stars just sitting outside with a couple of big dogs. Trying to get over the coronavirus. Um, the there's a whole bunch, a whole bunch. There's three Pakistan players uh, that are being called up to the PSL, so they're leaving their teams, and also um, Rashid Khan from the Adelaide Strikers is heading off to the PSL as well. So like they, Adelaide, they are losing their players. Um, and uh, I don't, I don't know what else to make of the Big Bash. I'm not, man. I'm not. I'm turning. I'm turning on the TV at like 11 a.m. and it's on now. Yeah, I mean that's like it's absolute bizarre. Yeah. They just, I don't know what else to add from what we've said in the previous weeks. They're keeping it on. I, I, I hope kids are liking it, and it's a nice gateway for them. I hope when they, when you know, dads or mums take them to like Greg Chapel Cricket Centre and they see the, the Guernseys there, yeah. they buy them and they like the game, and yeah. that's that's really good. And I hope the players are going okay. Just trying to keep the content going. It's, yeah. uh, it all feels a bit grim. I'm sure. Look, probably, probably, uh, I'm sure there are some great performances that we should be calling out. Um, but, Maxwell took know, a good catch. Maxwell took a good catch. Yeah, Harris yeah, Straff did some uh, funny celebrations. Put a mask on. Gonna say, like, I haven't even seen Sock much. Got like, four for the other day. I haven't even seen much like weird shit in terms of clips. You know, you yeah. know, like the Sheffield yeah. Shield survives on like clips of guys getting angry now. No, no performances. Yeah, they need more of this for the BBL. Need more hijinks. Um, also, should call out that the women's Ashes starts on Thursday. I think it is, uh, and then the, t- the test match is Saturday week. I think after the. Big Bash final. Um, How many? And that's multi-format, isn't multi-format, it? Multi-format, three T20s, three ODIs, one test. The test is now worth four points instead of six points. They've changed that round because the test had too much weighting on it, so there's getting all these draws in, in women's tests. Seven um, nil, fuck off. No, nah, England are good. Eng- England are pretty good. So seven nil. Fuck off. <laughs> this feels a bit more aggressive. <laughs> it feels, quite, feels yeah. quite a bit and more aggressive. And it's also point ba- points-based as well. Yeah. So, so. I think there's actually more than seven points on offer. Yeah. Well, we'll work out how many points it is. Just let us know, and then yeah. we'll just do the the bit that we don't mean. I really oh. enjoy the amount of people that tell me that's four point nine five nil. Fuck off, because they mm. took nineteen of the twenty wickets in Sydney, and yeah. actually, and then okay. others are like, okay. And if you give them four point nine five, then that means there is zero point zero five that must be allocated. No, not yeah. really. No, not really. I think so. Uh, Pez, not sure if you've caught this, uh, but India are going to change their captain for some reason. Mm. Okay, so so a couple of things with this. Um, Coley has stepped down as Test captain. He is. Um, He's made a, a formal public announcement. Mm. Little a, little love heart emoji in the statement as well on social. So beautiful, just want to beautiful. It must be the first. Uh, and this is on the back of uh, him avoiding any punishment from the ICC and the match referee after yelling into the stump mic. And in my notes, I've got ha 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 ha. Do you reckon the ICC just came into the dressing room like, hey, listen, we're gonna like, mate, you got to go down for this? And he's like, yeah. college just said like, look, I'm stepping uh, down from the captaincy. Yeah, don't worry you about don't it. need it. You don't need it. I'm like, mm, okay, probably. Yeah. I think that would have been part of the negotiation. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, the, I, I mean, part of it is funny. Yeah, he because shouldn't like, get away with us not talking about his stump mic shit. No, because he's he's called. He's basically said that that the team is sorry. Supersport is cheating because they. And then, uh, hang on, let me get this right. <laughs> he's called out that that that. The broadcaster and Safri are cheating and there's a conspiracy going on because obviously no one wants – India winning test matches is no good for business anywhere, okay? But the, he receives no punishment from this from anyone. 
No demerit points, no suspensions. They had no a word su- with no him. Don't forget sentence. that. They had a word with they him. They had a word with and him. And that might have been quite uh, emotional for him. Like when a teacher has a word with you in like year five or something, yeah. you might get sad. Don't do that. Yeah. You don't get penalised in terms of your Brad, homework. I'm disappointed. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. See that, you know, whoever the ICC match official was, I mean, he's not there. Let's say it was David Boone. Yeah. You know, David Boone comes up here and has a word with you. You don't forget that. There's, that creates an intangible penalty that you live with for the rest yeah. of your life. Yeah. Booney coming up, just like sort of mumbling something through the old moustache there. Virat. Virat. No good, mate. Don't do oh, that again. Sorry, Mr. Boone. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, I'll think about that Booney later. Down. Mate, what a fucking joke that is, that he gets no punishment for that. Mate, can you imagine any other player? I mean, how does Ashford not get done either? K.O. Rahul, they all said stuff. They went. They looked down, they looked down the barrel of the stump mic, mate, and they accused the broadcaster of cheating. What? And there's no punishment for that. Like, That's what about a even, fucking farce. So I've seen it suggested that, like, well, it didn't actually contravene the rules because it's, it's you've got to be criticising, like, uh, somebody officially connected to the game or something. Right. But, like, Feels what like about their own board? Like, what, like, like, yeah. just upholding a couple of standards of behaviour there? Yeah. I mean, maybe the BCCI haven't said, Virat, step down, brother. Yeah, are you reckon Dada's, Dada's you know? well, I don't know. It will give you, well, we'll give you a chance to do it yourself, otherwise we're pushing you. <laughs> just think about, like, any, mate, I know Australia's had some stuff over the years. Anyway. That was if that was Smith, if that was Cummins, if that was Payne, if that was Steve War, maybe. That was, that was Mark Taylor. <laughs> yeah. That so was Bill Laurie. That's that's uh that's 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 no good. You Imagine can't. Joe Root do, like it's actually the picture of like <laughs> it's, it's 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 actually the deliberacy of like walking up and yeah. the picture of his um of his like upper body, like his yeah. torso bent at yeah. forty five degrees from it's like the he's hip. Been knighted. Um like yelling. Uh, yeah. I saw memes of like, you know, Happy Gilmore yelling at the ball going into the hole. Perfect. Same sort of shit. Yep. Old man yells at Cloud, yep. all that sort of gear. It's a good for but, your hole. But like, it, didn't he have his hands wrapped around his mouth as well? Like, like as in, as though uh, he was calling out? Or maybe not. Now no, I'm just I don't imagining think, I don't it. Think, right. I don't, think don't need to exaggerate it. Yeah. Like, just how deliberate it was. Yeah. It's pretty funny. Yeah. It's pretty funny. And it I want is to pretty say, funny. It is pretty funny on that level. And I want to say that, like, I will miss, I will miss the, the red mist of Coley. Yep. I'll miss the hot-headedness. Yeah. And he did well to, like, engender some heat in the Indian side. It's been nice to see what Indian heat looks like because so often we are, uh, you know, we conceive of the Indian team as just absolutely unplayable at home with spin and guys going ballistic with appeals and shit like that, but maybe a bit meek away from home. I think Coley has, like, got himself a fast-bowling cadre that is, you know, six or seven deep, he, he plays with spirit and passion, yep. 40 wins out of 68 matches, brought a bit of personality and verve to the whole thing, bit of, a couple of vectors, taken on Australia, calling out guys who are abusing Mo Shammy, uh, you know, asking the army or whatever they're called to quieten down booing Steve Smith. Like, he's he made a fair bit about him that's good with Coley. But, Absolutely. But also, hothead, carry on. Uh, and, and I think a little bit of that carry on stuff actually – negatively influenced the side and I like good on him for going that's enough mate how f- intense would it be to be the indian captain all three formats also be the big boy bat that's you're carrying a lot just out of kid oh he's, he's i don't think so nah it'd be quite easy yeah. wake up in the morning make a selection call walk down the street yeah okay no i withdraw that get some milk <laughs> <laughs> i bet he doesn't he's drink vegan milk. isn't he i bet he doesn't drink milk uh even just for fit you know he like he got uh 
he got like the beep test going, you know, in India. Like he 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 gave them uh, a hard edge. Yeah, I was I was thinking about uh, this decision to step aside, and I just think it's uh it's actually probably just the the best thing, mm. you know. Like he's done so much to to get India from they were never like in the minnows or anything, but they to, together where they are now with Shastri, I think that team. And I just think it's the right time because, yeah, I think it's now tipped into a bit of stuff, especially after losing the – well, stepping down from the T20i captain, then losing the ODI captaincy. And then you just see some stuff, which I think, yeah, as you've rightly said, negatively impacts the team. Really, like, he just demands high standards, right, which I'm sure a lot of professional athletes do as well. Stuart Broad does the same thing. And it just tips into a bit of stuff of, like, mm, I'm not sure if that's if that's great leadership in that moment. Mm. So I just think – but that's but – that's, you know, flogging a dead horse like he stepped down. I just think it, this is probably the right time mm. for a new person to take over, which is interesting who that next person will be because, well, Rohir is taking over the ODI captaincy and he's 35 and Rahane might not even play in the next test match, which is against Sri Lanka in India, I think, or maybe mm. maybe that's a way. Um, K.O. Rahul was the vice captain. K.O. Rahul was South the vice Africa. captain. He captained the second test there. So Sonny Gavaska said that it should be Rishabh Punt. Wow. Mm. Well, he made a lot of errors in the IPL, but as it's you would, sunny. I suppose. Friend yeah. of the show. <laughs> One of our best friends. Mm. I don't know. Interesting, I suppose. But yeah, just can't get over that there was absolutely no punishment for one of um, the, the silliest things I've ever seen in the cricket field. I've got to say as well, I, like from my observation, I've sort of got my finger on the pulse, mate, about yeah, uh, what, what, over the, in India. what the Indian audience have got. I've just read like sort of three or four comments, comments yeah. uh, from 1.2 billion people. Uh, and uh, they were, they. I think they felt pretty let down by it. They, they didn't rate it at all. Oh, I don't see, see many people defending that at all. Yeah. A couple, obviously. That's what we're going to get. Uh, well, when you, like, don't grow up with the the weird overlay of, like, grade cricket or weird Australian masculinity, like, overlaid onto cricket where you've got to be, like, some sort of coat all the time, Yeah. most, like, reasonable, rational thinking people are like, you're just carrying on like a child. Yeah. Uh, so... Not surprised. But as an Australian, I am surprised because I'm sort of like, nah, like the hothead stuff. Do you, do you give any weight to people saying Coley's been a real advocate for test cricket uh, in, yeah. a, in, a, in a country that obviously is very powerful in cricket and he's, and he's heavily moving towards the white ball game? Yeah. Do you, do you think that there's any concern for test cricket or is this just like another round of people saying that test cricket's going to die as they've been saying since 1890? That's what I was going to say about England earlier, but I forgot in that I, I don't want to be alarmist about it. Or do it though, clicks. Just there is a there isn't worry if like if only three teams are going to play the series, like the majority of the series, and one of them is fucking really really bad compared to the the other two. Compared to almost all of them, I mean England are on the bottom of the World Test Championship table. They give everyone else a game. That's all you got to do. Got to give them a game. Just got to keep up with the other two big boys. They are they going to beat New Zealand, South Africa? I don't know. Nah. This 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 summer. Anyway, uh, yeah, it's it's a little bit worrying, but yeah, I've I've never really observed that before. But heaps of people have said it that Coley's been such a huge advocate for Test cricket, so that's good because we all like it. I'm not sure; it's hard to tell, but it does feel like in our lifetime, anyway, that it is driving further and further away from Test cricket because it's all money. Like the money controls everything, not just in sport. Not Maybe just there in should be less Test cricket. Maybe there should be. So it's more special. But New Zealand are the world Test champions, but they lost to Bangladesh. What does that mean? Yeah, I don't know. Just sometimes teams win and lose in sport. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty weird take, mate. Hey, this is on the back of uh, South Africa uh, winning against India. Absolutely. Oh, so long ago, mate. Unbelievable result. They won that third test there. You can get our reactions on YouTube and Patreon. 
Uh, Daryl Cullen, after that, said that Rabada's the best bowler in the world. I'm mm-hmm. sure Indy would say Boomer is the best bowler. We've got Cummins, Broad and Anderson, pretty good in England. And there's Ollie Robertson bowling off spin. So which one of those four, mate? Yeah, well, Warren got Cullen and out all the time. So, you know, I don't know. <laughs> what does Warren say? Oh, yeah. Hey, he's up, he's up there. He's up there. I think, I think you know, I think Boomer and Cummins are head and shoulders for, for quicks. But then there's a whole there's a whole fucking cavalry underneath yeah, that uh, yeah. are all really good on their day. It's, mate, it's a fast bowler's era. You know, you totally. get like like Australia wanks on about its own attack, but like a lot of teams. One of my favourite wanks. Why not? Yeah. What are your others? <laughs> Marco Janssen, how tall he is, and younger yeah. than younger than Green. And Cam Green. Uh, yeah, ah, mate, South Africa was good, and we we're actually we were keen to get a like a South African perspective on this win. It's just it was so long ago, like at least three or four days yeah. from when we we're recording. That's right. So other shit's happened since then, but like this was a great series, fucking really. Close. It was a really good series. And South yeah. Africa, like they, you know, for those who weren't following the dailies and stuff like that, it was completely understandable. Uh, <laughs> India were up one 0 in this series. They crushed them in the first test. South Africa looking very weak and a bit spare parts without their their like spearhead quick Unric Norkia, very few bats. Quinton de Kock retires from Test cricket after the first test, which is just losing three and a half thousand runs and an average of forty. Thirty nine, yeah. Uh, and the gloves, you think South Africa's in trouble here, and they bounced back in like Protea Fire style. They yeah. played great cricket. They loved the contest, and like it was really great to watch two very, very proud sides go at it hard. Both games were really close. South Africa ended up winning them comfortably, and just a little bit more know-how and nous in their own conditions with the bat, where the 30s and the 40s were more helpful than the India collapses. Like among it, though, Rishabh Pant just hit this unbelievable 100 in the last game. If they'd won the game, it'd be sort of up there with, like, you know, Mark Waugh, Port Elizabeth shit. Yeah. Uh, but he didn't, and so we won't talk about it that much. Yeah. Uh, just awesome series. And, and like, I want to – mate, I want to see South Africa come through. They yeah. was fucking smash us. Mate, I'm looking forward to uh, South Africa, England, this this winter, our winter, their summer, England summer, because Nokia will be back. Mm. Janssen, Olivia, mm. Rabada. Livia needs to sort those three-quarter sleeves out, yeah, man. No it's, good. Not, it's not right. No good. Thick boys no don't good. need those three-quarts. Uh, other things, Pez. Uh, Ramiz Raj has proposed a yearly quad series between Pakistan, India, England, and Australia with the profits to be shared equally with every test-playing like nation. It. I like it. Get yourself in there. Get yourself in the top four big boys there, Ramiz. Well, it's a, mate, I just love everything that comes out of the mouth of Ramiz Raja. And yep. again, inserting us, but including when Trent Copeland introduced <laughs> us to him and couldn't believe that Ramiz you know Raja hadn't curled, heard of us and he just... Blank deluxe, and it, no, was, it was great. No, Trent said, "You know the great career," and he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." <laughs> like, you don't never, know, do you, Ramis? Yeah. yeah. Uh, sorry, we'll actually get out of here. We, we were not invited. No, but I, just, I like everything coming out of his mouth. But he's come in. He's sh- he's shaking things up at least with his rhetoric. The way he responded to England. He's a big alpha. out of there. He's yeah, a big I old alpha. Like it. Big old alpha. Oh, he's making a point here, regardless like whether or not this happens. Oh, it's I don't. Dumb, I, won't think, I think it's less about <laughs> Pakistan edging the, their way into the like into the big four. And if they did, fucking great. It's more about saying, and you know what, we're going to play, and we're going to give the money to everybody else. You know, hey, call yeah. me a socialist, and you can democratic socialist. That's fine. Oh, Bernie Sanders over have here. a look at it. Yeah, fuck. I'd I'd call that one of the biggest compliments you've ever given me. But uh, I, I I mate, let's. I like hearing somebody talk about this shit. Yeah. I like hearing someone at the top of cricket say, why don't we do it a little bit differently? And why doesn't everyone else at the top? Pull their weight and help out. Good on him. I don't know if they'll play or not. I've got a feeling they're not going to play. But uh, good shit from Ramiz. And we've got to go over to, we're going to go over to Pakistan. A couple of guys might be pulling out with Australia. We'll cover Maybe. that in a couple of weeks' time. Maybe. But, yeah, I, mate, more, I want more Ramiz Raja. 
I completely agree. And I'm really looking forward to India giving up some of their profits to give to Pakistan. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely going to happen. But you know what? Ramesh Rajas got his big old balls swinging out there. He's hey. like, hey, let's, let's do something big different. Big old piece. Let's keep it alive, baby. Hey, the Under-19 World Cup has started. Australia's group is West Indies, Sri Lanka, Scotland. Australia won the first game against West Indies. <laughs> she got the notes. And, and, <laughs> and I Higgins is batting three for Australia. My dream is finally coming true. Uh, I Higgins is I the Higgins CEO is, of Cricket USA or was. He's moved the ICC or some no, shit. No, that's, that's Ian Higgins. This is, this, is, this is Isaac Higgins. He's batting three for Australia. I Higgins batting three for Australia, mate. How do you think that makes I, me feel? I, Higgins. What I feel is that you're a big under-19s man. You, you love, you know, in more ways than one. So. Fucking <laughs> hell. Fucking hell. You know, you catch yourself sometimes. You say it and think, oh, I'll go sure, with yeah, that. Rubber, I'll yeah. go with the sexual entendre. Uh, you, you, like, you like an under-19 kind of stat, don't you? Oh, it's interesting to see yeah. like young guys coming through. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Okay, no, it's it's good. I mean, yeah, I guess they do come through. See a couple of pictures and shit <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. You see like yeah. uh, like I see on their Instagram. They start posting yeah. stuff on like yeah. Cole who's playing, yeah. Richard. Yeah, oh, they he's in when they he's in when they look young, but yeah. a different Hetmeyer. face. Yeah, yeah. Hey, okay. he, look, he looks so little. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, the jersey's a bit baggy on them. A bit of fucking <laughs> yeah. coat hanger on the old shoulders. He'll, he'll fill out. Yeah, he'll fill out. <sighs> All right. Uh, we spoke to Simon Kadich before the test match started. Do you want to say something? Well, it's. I want to say, I want to talk about our dear friends oh, before yeah. we talk to Simon Cash, which you were probably going to tear me up to do. Yeah, and I've stuck my finger up a bit quick. I see, and uh, I see, see. Can you just can you contextualize the chat with Simon Cadditch quickly while I actually find this? Oh yeah. Uh, so we spoke to Simon Cadditch, uh before. Uh, it was it was the morning of. Day one of uh, the Hobart test, so it was a couple of hours before the first ball was bowled. So we're not speaking to him about the Ashes per se, more about interesting chat about him and coaching and the IPL and his work generally in that space and commentating as well. So that's 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 what the chat's about, and less about um, how how well uh, Cam Green bowled this summer. It's brought to you by T Twenty Stars again. So great to be in partnership with these guys. Uh, now a new, there's a new promo for you out there, and they've been delivering promos deluxe, haven't they? He goes deluxe, mate, deluxe. Bats, gloves, getting ten percent off gear, returning stuff. What is the is the emerging entrepreneur of of cricket and dare I say sport globally? Uh, and here's the new one: the team at T Twenty Stars are so excited for the Women's Ashes to get started that they're offering. Uh, uh, bear with me. In the past, it was bats, gloves. It was a couple. Yeah. Of, it was a sort of finite range. Yes. Team at T Twenty Stars so excited about the Women's Ashes to get started. They're offering ten percent off their full range for the duration of the Women's Ashes series. Wow. Okay, now you got to use this code. Listen to the code Ashes ten A S H E S one zero. Okay, so the numbers, not T N. Ashes one zero. You're gonna get ten percent off the full range, uh, and they are maintaining that idea that they're offering crickets first. Uh, 30-day trial period for all gloves and pads. If you don't like the gloves and the pads, you don't like the mitts and the stuff around your legs, you can you can return them. The mitts and the stuff around, around your, your legs. legs. You know what we call it. Uh, and they're offering that because they're confident that you'll love them. But if, you, if you're not, you can send it back free of charge. Hey, not bad. 30-day free trial period. But the main thing is 10% off their full range for T20 Stars gear. Get into it. Uh, use the code ASHES10. Here he is, Simon Kadich. Chill the fuck out, shut the fuck up. Chill the fuck out, shut the fuck up. Oh, 
chill the fuck out. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. The team shit. Omicron needed now. Void the series. Bring the bring the boys home. Omicron needed. Bring the boys. Bring the bring the boys. Void the series. Omicron needed now. Bring the bring the boys home. Omicron needed now. Omicron Omicron needed now. Fuck the series. Bring the bring bring the boys home. Omicron needed. Shut the fuck up. Omicron needed. Omicron needed now. Void the series. Bring the bring the boys home. And it's fucked. The team shit. <laughs> they can't catch. There's no first innings run still. And they're all injured. Thoughts? It's always a pleasure to have this bloke on the show. It'll be his second time round. Probably about the 30th time I texted him. Uh, but that's because he's a man in demand and I'm also shameless. Uh, I would. These are my words, but I think others would agree. This guy's captain of the good blokes 11 of Australian cricket. Uh, if you're not on his side, there's something wrong with you. And I don't even know what I mean by side there because he retired a long time ago and we're just making things up uh, when it comes to deciding who's a good bloke and who isn't. And we're just guys who played third grade. Um, but basically what I mean is who doesn't like this bloke? And I'm talking about Simon Kadich. Caddo, welcome back to the grade cricketer. My pleasure to be here, guys. Ah, listen to that. Uh, Caddo, listening to a rival podcast and... By that, I just mean the final word, Colo and Jeff, great blokes. And they were they were saying the other day, speaking to you, that uh, you're in rude health because, as you say, uh, COVID actually couldn't last in the hot Croatian blood that you currently have. <laughs> do, do you confirm or deny that? Uh, yeah, there was a bit of a joke going around. Obviously, um, I've been working on the tests with SEN and Channel 7 and after the Melbourne test, got home and, and uh, found out that a few of our crew from 7 have gone down with COVID and... Um, and then, yeah, there was a few of us left standing. I think Bluey and myself were probably the only couple that didn't get it and um, sort of, yeah, had a bit of a joke that obviously it doesn't survive in the 40-degree Croatian blood. So um, I'm sure I'm going to get it. Touch wood, I know that I've probably jinxed myself. But, um, yeah, so far so good and I've managed to get through this summer unscathed. I should say uh, to those listening out there, we are recording this on the eve of the Hobart test. So uh, I know the wall's closing on COVID, Cat, and I hope I haven't um, put the put the mocker on you there. I uh, anyway. it on myself. <laughs> um, you're actually sounding a bit blocked up. No, I'm kidding. Um, mate, uh, where I want to start with you, Cat, is like you, you, you're commentating this summer. You're across Channel 7 and SEN. People love listening to you, watching you. You've got various coaching commitments in T20 leagues around the world. Like we'll ask you about JL and the Aussie setup in a second, but like, you know, I, I, when I think about guys like you and we talked to punter a couple of weeks ago and I'll call him punter as well. Um, I, I just think, you know, why would you get involved in the Australian setup 300 days away from home when there's possibly sort of better money uh, doing T20 stuff, commentating less pressure, more opportunity to spend time with your family. Uh, is that kind of the way you see it when it comes to juggling how you get involved in cricket in your professional realm? Yeah, look, it all came about by chance, really, because when I finished playing uh, with the Scorchers in BBL3, I think I finished on the Friday night in Perth when we played the final. And then on the next Monday morning, I started work at the Giants and worked there full time So in Sydney. So, you know, I didn't plan on getting into coaching or commentating, but after a couple of years at the Giants and, and a few things happening with just the work hours and stuff like that, um, the opportunity came up to be involved with the IPL and then the opportunity came up to be involved working with the ABC um, and doing the, the test series 
that next summer, I think it was in 2015. So when those sort of came through and, and I was sort of thinking, well, you know, I'm doing long hours at the footy club and probably not seeing the kids as much as I'd like, you know, maybe there's a chance that this is a better fit and went down that path. Um, and it wasn't around money because it certainly wasn't, I was an assistant coach in the IPL and, um, and same with the broadcasting side of things, you know, you do your time to earn your stripes. And so it wasn't about that, but as it's panned out, um, you know, I've, I've enjoyed doing both and uh, a few more opportunities have cropped up, you know, going from radio into TV and then also with the coaching, the IPL sort of morphed into um, having a role at KKR. Then that went into a head coach role at, at their sister team, TKR and the CPL. And, and then now the hundreds come up. So, yeah, great opportunities. And I've really enjoyed being involved, but also know that, you know, with two young boys, I'm trying to find that balance so that I'm, yeah, um, enjoying what I do with work, but I'm also present at home and being able to do all the regular routines, which is um, in the last 12 months or so, it's been a home-based learning, which um, when the reports came in recently, I, I got a tad nervous around the math results because I was accountable for that. So um, thankfully the young boat did all right. And uh, when I asked him whether it was uh, his ability or my teaching methods, he said it was definitely my ability, Dad. So in terms of uh, my teaching skills, I'm still a work in progress. But um, yeah, look, it's it's the roles I've got at the moment to give me good balance with the kids, being able to coach them with sport and uh, and then help out with homeschooling. Well, what is harder, Caddo? Like uh, throwdowns to Coley at RCB um, <laughs> and looking after Christo or, uh, or or teaching maths to your two boys? Definitely uh, the easier part is is dealing with the RCB boys. That was a, a pleasure working with all of those guys. And I think when, when it's what you know and what you understand is that team environment and trying to win things, then uh, that certainly helps. But yeah, when it gets to home-based learning and, and dealing with um, year five and even year one, um, you know, home-based learning, it was, was a good challenge, but uh, thankfully we got through that all, but I'm sure there's a more, more that lays ahead in um, 2022. And it's a, it's a glittering career, playing career and post-playing career, commentating all of it. But let's talk about the real stuff, mate. Randwick-Peterson, Coogee Oval. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you played yeah. You, you played in like this great Randwick-Peterson team with like Usman was there, Nathan Horrocks yourself. Was Burt Cockley at the same time? Might have been. Burt was um, there, yeah. It's pretty strong, pretty strong twos team when you stacked it for finals. Mm-hmm. Um, but, <laughs> but what what do you remember when a young Usman Khawaja was coming through? And what's that relationship? Because because you, you guys never played for Australia together, right? So you had a bit of a crossover. Yeah. Where like you're the current Australian opening player, and Usman's like got raps on him. He's going to come through. What's that relationship where you guys are sort of crossing paths? You know, are you saying Usman maybe starting twos this week, or you know, what's, <laughs> are you sort of nurturing? What's the relationship there at club level? No, look, it was it was one of uh, you know really strong friendship, and to this day we're still really good mates. Um, I have been on his um, foundation as a as a board member um, previously and a couple of years ago. But in terms of uh, where it's at with us, you know, I started playing with Uzi when he was about seventeen, and I'll never forget um, you know that experience. He was a natural opener then, and obviously now he's getting the chance to open for Australia again um, in this test down at home. But uh, we were always close. Um, I love the way he went about it. I was his first captain for New South Wales. Um, I presented him his Randwick Peterson cap and also presented him his New South Wales cap. And then when he got his baggy green, I think it was in uh, the Ashes in 2011, early 2011. Uh, I was disappointed I didn't get the, to do the trifecta and present that. But I think it got given to, I think it was maybe Mark Taylor because he was around and, and doing that. But um, the hierarchy probably didn't realise I'd presented the first two. And uh <laughs> 
didn't get the opportunity, but I know that that would have been a nice, uh, you know, nice opportunity for me to be able to do that, given that I've, um, you know, enjoyed seeing his career unfold. Uh, very proud of seeing him fight his way back last week at the SCG and play as well as he did. And um, obviously when he uh, left to go to Queensland, um, you know, we totally understood that decision and supported it, given that, you know, he felt it was the right thing for him to do at the time, even though, uh, you know, I was here in, in New South Wales and finishing up sort of around that period of time. So, um, yeah, we've got a close relationship um, and, yeah, really pleased to see him get back into the team. Edo, uh, speaking of grade cricket, the, the, the summer of 07, 08 for you was just absolute run gluttony. Uh, 1,506 runs for New South Wales, a high score of 307, 500s that year, a real um, a real message to the selectors at that time. Uh, also that season against North Sydney, you nicked off for naught uh, in grade <laughs> cricket. And does that, you know, do you remember that? And, you know, because I do. And uh, does that just go to show that once again, you know, grade cricket's just completely underrated in the kind yeah. of, in the pyramid of Australian cricket? It certainly is. I'll never forget that because I reckon, um, I think, and this is, this is a great excuse. I mean, I think we'd played a BBL game the night before in Brisbane, flew home. Um, I do remember that. The, yeah. the early one, like had no sleep because we had a few beers after the game. No sleep, rocked up at North City thinking, I'll get through this. And then, yeah, nicked off late in the day and it was a, it was a long day. So, um, yeah, no, that, that's the beauty about grade cricket. I think one thing I learned early on having grown up in Perth is that, um, you know, I played under some great, uh, WA players, Tom Moody being one of them. And, you know, he was as professional as they come. And whenever he came back to play for us at Midland Guildford, you know, as a 16, 17 year old, I'd get to see that firsthand. And he'd invariably come back and, and score 100 or take wickets and was a true professional, even though he's playing 12 months of the year. So that was something I tried to take into, I guess, my grade career. And certainly, whenever there was an opportunity, I, I certainly did my best to try and play. But as you know, it, cricket's a, a great game. It doesn't matter what level you play at, anyone can get you out. And um, North Sydney was a great example that day. Might have been scoring runs for New South Wales, but North Sydney wasn't the wasn't the uh, wicket to be making runs on that day, unfortunately. I just we just had, we, we had a, just a bit of a plan made. I think other states missed out. It's just you, all you have to do is just <laughs> correct. You know, it, couldn't believe. I was I was gutted. I was under the lid. I was gutted. You got out. To be honest, I just, just want to see what it looks like. You know. <laughs> Yeah. Um, off on the way off, no doubt too. Oh yeah, mate, absolutely. Yeah, little, little skinny wrist under the lid, yeah. Yeah, I thought, yeah. <laughs> Given the big fo, as you'd say. Uh, I'd expect nothing less from North Sydney. <laughs> hey, uh, Kat, I mean, you, you mentioned it's, it's so funny you talk about those links there. You, you played under Tom Moody. We'll talk. You, you're going to assistant coach, I think, at Sunrisers, and he's the coach now as well. So obviously, everything comes back to grade cricket there, but. Uh, I think I told this story the last time you were on. There's a mate of mine played, was playing fours at Randwick Petersham and he broke his bat in a grand final and you actually happened to be coming, or you didn't happen to be, you came along to watch and you and you gave him one of your bats and he went on to score 100 and they won the grand final or something. And, you know, the the idea of a, a, of a current test player watching a fourth grade grand final, giving a guy a bat who then goes on to score 100, it almost feels like yesteryear now where players at an international level would be involved you know, to that extent at, at club level, does, does that, uh, as someone who's kind of involved in now the new economy of cricket, you know, in coaching at Sunrise's Hyderabad and RCB, does, does, does it worry you in a way that there's a separation between grade cricket and international cricket? Um, or should we just enjoy those memories and, you know, 
bow down to our new overlords. No, no, I think um, it's it would be disappointing to think that that's not the case anymore. But I still think there'd be plenty of guys around um, state cricket that have tasted international cricket that still come back to their clubs and play. I know, uh, particularly in New South Wales, there's still a number of guys that you know love going back to play for their clubs, and I think that's how it should be. I think you know the players. It's really important that they don't forget where they come from. Unfortunately, the way the schedule is now, a lot of the international players don't really get a chance to play club cricket at all. Whereas, you know, it was different in our era because, you know, in the mid-90s, you only trained twice a week. You trained twice with your club. Um, and then you, a lot of the time, because there was no BBL period during the year and you only played five one-dayers and 10 Shield games, you actually got a good chance to play uh, a fair bit of grade cricket. And I reckon it's really important, uh, not just for the um, players' perspective, but for the clubs, because I know back at... Mid-Perth, my club, Midland Guildford, was very proud of the fact that they'd produced a lot of test cricketers for Australia. And that's something that being one of those players, um, you know, it's a thrill to be in that position to, to one, get to that level to play for Australia, but to be able to go back and um, help out at club level and play and, and I guess teach the younger guys coming through because realistically that's how I learned about the game from a lot of the mentors I had at Midland. And then obviously when I played around with Petersham, I was probably that older player like a Tom Moody or a Joe Angel or Brendan Julian Perth that was able to teach the younger guys like Usman or Horry or, or Bert Cockley and um, those sort of guys coming through, even even young um, Daniel Sams, who's now coming through in the T20s for the Thunder, um, you know, played with him at Randwick as well. So, you know, that that's the beauty of club cricket is, you know, the senior guys, that's their role to be able to pass on all that wisdom and information and experience to the younger guys coming through. So hopefully... Um, that was the case at Randwick, um, and I loved, you know, I loved playing cricket. That was, you know, we played in the semi-professional era, so um, you trained ten months a year, didn't get paid, but no one cared because you you loved what you're doing. So I'm glad I was part of that era, and I don't begrudge the guys now playing in this era, but it, it is harder for them to get back just purely because of the schedule and the nature of the time demands. Mm. You got uh, you got sunrises this year for the IPL cat, and it's you. Tom Moody, Brian Lara, and Dale Stain. It's unbelievable. Um, yeah. I mean, is it going to be hard to respect Tom Moody as Tom coach because he only played eight tests and the rest of you played 284? No, well, the, the beauty is, is that Moods has got us all covered in terms of the experience as a coach. Yeah. He's won an IPL, so he, and he's, he's a commanding presence, the big fella. He's about six foot eight, and he's massive. So, And I've known him since I was 16, as, so I've got a huge amount of respect for him. I'm sure that uh, this is Brian's first in the IPL, so I know he's excited to be a part of it. Uh, and Dale, we had Dale at RCB a couple of years ago, primarily to sort of to play, but also to be a, a really good, strong mentor um, to pass on all his guidance to our young quicks. And he was brilliant at that role. So really excited to see him get that opportunity in coaching for the first time as well. So, yeah, I'm sure that Tom will be able to lay down the law to, to all three of us. <laughs> even though that uh, the boys, we've all got him covered from a test perspective. <laughs> yeah. I like how, you know, it's 284 tests versus his eight, but because he's six foot eight, that kind of trumps everything. <laughs> like, just, right. He always talks down a physical presence. Doesn't matter how many tests. <laughs> well, you know, not to like relate it back to us, but we had our first go in the IPL this year too. Uh, Kat just trying to cover it. And um I don't know if it's got up to you. I think it might have. We we have to ask you. You know, while you're in charge of RCB, you know, we had an incident with with your franchise. We were just talking to Christo and Kyle Jamison, and I Christo heard. was just really. Oh, yeah, well, this is what I, I want to ask. You know, it got yeah. it got passed on to me from Christo, and uh, he thought he was just trying to do the right thing, as you do. 
um, on this podcast. And then, yeah, it, it breached the RCB protocols, which uh, I think he got a little bit of a tap on the shoulder about. Yeah, he's in jail. <laughs> well, he's, he's in jail still. He's in jail <laughs> for <laughs> it, you know. Like, Jamo just didn't want to have, to, you know, bowl with the Dukes to, to Coley and next thing we know. You know, we, I just wanted to know, went all the way to the top, you know, who was the most sensitive about it, Virat or Mr. Nags? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was definitely Mr. Nags. Definitely. <laughs> What's it like? Uh, look, we, we love um, RCB is such an enigma. We learned a lot about the uh, the IPL this year. We hadn't we we knew it from afar leading into it, but at the, RCB is just such an enigma of a franchise. It's got so many great players and can often serve up the most electric cricket. But obviously, there is some um, blocker there around going all the way to, to win the title. I know you left for the second half for personal reasons, but what was your experience of, of working at, at that enigmatic franchise? Yeah, look, it was a, a massive opportunity, obviously, when I found out a couple of years ago um, to work, you know, with a team that hasn't had success there yet. They've been to, I think, three finals, got close and probably should have won in 2016 when lost to Sunrisers. Um, so that and that was the year Coley was on fire. I think he he scored over well, must have been nearly 800 runs, which is huge in IPL. Um, so yeah, I guess there's been that disappointment, um, but it, it just goes to show how tough they are to win. Um, so the teams that have won multiple titles like Chennai and Mumbai, it's an unbelievable effort because eight teams, tight competition. So yeah, no, the two years was I guess from a my perspective positive because. Uh, we'd been, I think, last the prior couple of seasons when I'd been coaching at KKR, came in, got the opportunity, and we managed to get the playoffs um, and give opportunities to some young Indian players who really developed. So I really enjoyed it. I thought um, it was great to work with Virat for the first time. Got a huge amount of respect for him and AB and obviously a lot of the guys there that we had. Um, but, yeah, unfortunately, with the back half of the tournament, um, clashing with the lockdown in Sydney and homeschooling and all that, I, I didn't go back. But... Um, I think it was another positive season for the team and, and particularly with the emergence of some of the young Indian talent like Isiraj and Patakal and these guys, I think the, um, the franchise is certainly setting itself up for success down the track, but hopefully not at the Sunrise's expense now. <laughs> <laughs> you literally for those who aren't on Zoom, he just switched to his Sunrise's cap yeah. and just put it on as he was saying that. <laughs> hey, Kat, um, with, uh, with Justin Langer's coming to the end of his contract, Seems to be a very hands-on coach. You know, he's had really good success with Australia in recent times. He's won all he can win, you know, the, the Ashes and the T20 World Cup. But um, it seems to be coming towards an end. And there's a few whispers now around maybe he might look to take on the England job. You know, do you think his style of coaching could actually work with this crop of England players? Look, I think that um, if he doesn't get recontracted for Australia, um, which there's a fair bit of speculation around, um, I'd be very surprised if someone like England didn't come knocking, given where they're at, particularly in test cricket. Um, I mean, Justin's done everything asked of him since what happened in Cape Town. I mean, the cultural changes he's made, um, where the team's headed at the moment. Yes, there's still a work in progress away from home, uh, but to win the T20 World Cup for the first time away from home in the UAE was a huge result. Um, I think we've always had the talent in T20, uh, but we haven't probably been able to put it together in the tournament, um, particularly away from home. And now having it at home in the next, or later this year, um, this, we're going to have a big advantage playing in our home conditions. So, yeah, done a great job in the Ashes, albeit it's been probably a one-sided contest and England aren't probably where they want to be at Test Cricket at the moment. But he's done everything asked of him. So, and it has been a bit of a surprise to see it play out this way. 
But if he doesn't get recontracted, I can see not just England, but a number of countries coming knocking mm. because, um, you know, he's a quality man. He's had huge success as a coach in all the formats, whether it's test cricket um, and and then obviously T20 with the Scorchers and now with Australia. So, yeah, look, it'll be no surprise if England come knocking given where they're at and, and given the fact that they have to develop, you know, a number of young batsmen to be um, strong at test cricket because that's where a lot of their big holes are at the moment. We've seen in this series, you know, there's been Root and then there hasn't been a lot behind him. And, and that's the challenge for England now in Test cricket is to, to obviously get a few of their younger batsmen up to speed so that they can become, um, you know, stronger at Test cricket. We know they're going to play well at home because their bowling lineup is suited there. But runs in Test cricket probably away from home has been their big challenge in the last sort of 12 to 18 months. Uh, Kato, D- Darren Lehman was talking about this the other day and he said that JL's had a, um, you know, he's had four years or five years, it might be time to to walk away now, even though that that's not really the way JL does things, which is fair enough, each to their own. Um, the, the question seems to become now, if whatever they do with the coach, if they move beyond Langer, will they split the red ball and the white ball stuff? And I feel like it's an interesting question for a whole bunch of reasons, but but one of them is for the reason that I said earlier, you know, there, there's all this... Um, there's all this IP walking around in Australian cricket who are being um, contracted by IPL franchises like yourself, like Ricky Ponting, Hat, and all these guys who may be of great service to their country as a coach, but the commitment is just um, um, absurd, really, if you're somebody with a family or other interests in life. They're my words, obviously not yours. I mean, if, if they split the white ball and the red ball stuff? Is it is it something you would look at more closely in terms of helping Australia from a coaching perspective? Yeah, look, it's a, a very good uh, question. I think they probably will look into it. And I think a lot of countries will start to go down that path because the formats are becoming, you know, the white ball and red ball formats are becoming so different. And we've seen that throughout the summer. There's a big uh, gap between what test cricket looks like from a batting and bowling perspective compared to T20. And even, even ODI cricket's changed from 20 years ago as well, given mm. the emergence of T20. So I think that that could happen. And I think it certainly will be of interest uh, to, to guys that are involved in franchise cricket. So, for instance, you know, Ricky Ponting's had uh, success in the IPL. Um, as I mentioned before, someone like Tom Moody's very experienced and had success in the IPL and other tournaments. So there will be plenty of guys that potentially would put their hand up for that sort of role. Um, so whether I was to be looked at for that, you know, it remains to be seen, but it's certainly something that I think a number of us would look at, but also know that um, there's also very good candidates within the Australians uh, coaching setup uh, as we speak. So, and they already have existing relationships with the players and stuff like that. So that's a big advantage. Um, But as you say, the time commitments are great. And I think four year cycle um, seems to be almost like the tenure for coaches because the international schedule is so hectic now if you do all three formats that if guys have families, um, there is a pressure point for being away from them for so long when, you, when you're looking at, you know, 300 plus days a year. So it is a huge commitment. And I think those of us that have had longish careers for Australia or, or you know, even domestically, um, you know, when you played for 20 years and you've sacrificed that family time and then you do move into post-career you're trying to find that balance between being present for the family, but also still being able to enjoy a career um, that gives you that challenge, you know, from a new perspective, whether it's coaching or commentary or whatever it is. So yeah, it's certainly something that um, I think would interest a number of people, but um, yeah, remains to be seen how they'll 
um, do the contracting moving forward. Simon Cadish, thanks so much. You gave us more time than we asked for because um, we're sort of greedy and we like talking to you. Uh, <laughs> um, made all the best balancing, whatever it is that you'll be balancing moving forward. You're obviously a man in demand. Um, we appreciate your time. We'll catch you next time. My pleasure, guys. And thank you very much to Cat for his time. Pez, we've got to say Manscaped. We've got to do some Manscaped gear, I presume. If we're doing Manscaped gear. Yep. The we, code is we, TGC for 20% off. That's the main takeaway from this. Manscaped, it's that time. I tell you what, it's, heat, it's, heating, up. it's heating up in a La Nina summer. But uh, things are getting it's a little warmer. Well, Australian Open Week here in Melbourne. That's so right. So that means it'll be 40 degrees and players will have to fall That's over. Right. That's one right. fewer player. One uh, fewer, one less. One less player. Yeah. Uh, Recognised player, that is. I had to leave because of um, pretty uh, yeah, a bit going on. Well, he fucked up the form, didn't he? He fucked up the form, yeah, or his team did. Yeah. I know, I always get other people to fucking fill my <laughs> stuff up when I'm going international. <laughs> Definitely the only issue within that. Yep. Uh, okay, well, Happy New Year's. From <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. It's fucking January Happy 17. New Year's from our friends over at Manscaped. The ball is officially dropped, but that doesn't mean you have to drop the ball on your balls. Dropping a ball on your balls, he goes. Fuck that. He me- they mean drop drop the ball figuratively. We are saying that, like, there's a couple of other weird phrases like that, you know, like someone doing something on their dick. Yeah, you of course. Do it on your dick or balls to the wall. What does that mean? I don't know. Uh, you, you step up your... Step up your game with your balls and your 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 penis. Um, yeah. With the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0, uh, they reckon four million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. Reckon there's tax on that. Reckon a bit of mayo. I don't like that. No, I image. think it'd be. Uh, I think it'd be. I think it'd be more than that. More you, more than four million people. Yeah. Fuck that's that's business is good. Yeah. At Manscaped. Yeah. Business well, is it should good. be. It's a yeah. good product. Yeah. It's oh, good look gear. At, look at you. It's good gear. Look at you. That's nice. Uh, go to manscaped.com and use the code TGC for 20% off plus free shipping. New year, new you. Uh, we're meant to talk about recent manscaping or scaping scenarios. Just going to be honest. Haven't scaped in a couple of weeks. Haven't needed to. Pretty fresh from my perspective. Yeah. Um, I had a look before. Oh, you had a look at what? You yeah, had a just look. No, what do you just, mean? No, when you are in the bathroom before, I had a look at your... Oh, as you do. Mate. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. Yeah, how are you travelling? Hey, how are you going there, Pez? Can you cough? Pez up. And then there's this point about the six pack, uh, yep. for your balls. I mean, I just I'm not listen. I'm not sure about that one. That's a weird, <laughs> it's a weird image. Let me know if that's wrong. And then yeah, it's got all the trappings and shit. Four four thousand four thousand k LED spotlight. Okay, good on you. <laughs> the point is, you can get you you get yeah. your clippers. They don't hurt if you're new to this. These clippers, they don't hurt your balls when you shave. Yeah, it's perfect. It's it's perfect. Manscaped.com forward slash I uh, use the code, sorry, TGC for twenty percent off plus free shipping. Manscaped.com, just do it. Hashtag us TGC. Uh, we were speaking on hashtag us TGC Fridays at patreon.com forward slash great cricketer. Or you can, if that. you're watching on YouTube right now, you can join the coat tier for our membership and you get hashtag us TGC Fridays every what day, Pez? Friday. Thank you. Episode 73 was last week, and we were talking about nicknames. We were talking about in the dress. We were talking about some dressing room hilarity, a bit of horseplay in the dressing room. So one guy wrote in, and he heard a story about a player putting PK chewing gum inside his penis. Oh, yeah. And here's what we're talking about. Pez, it's Friday, and all I want to know is how is the piece on it? Mm. And so as it's going in, 
Yeah. We're up to like 22. Yeah. 22. 22 20, 23. He's what, got it in. I 23 is a tight squeeze. 20, yeah. No, I can get 20. 20. Yeah. Well, come on. Come on. Yeah, 24. 24. Yeah. 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 Lads, oh, lads, yeah. lads, yeah. lads. Yeah. Oh, we're like, <laughs> let's go again. Yeah. <laughs> someone can, someone get this, can someone get this PK out of the hood of my cock, please? It's stuffed in there. Patreon.com forward slash great cricketer. That's what we're talking about there every Friday. Hashtag uh, ICDC Fridays at patreon.com forward slash great cricketer. Listen, at the risk of kind of moving into Patreon style chat. So when, after we told that story, it's often the case. Yeah. You get a few more stories coming in from people who believe, like we didn't name who this person was. No. Who was able to do the PK uh, sort yeah. of 24 trick. piece thing, the PK trick. But people wrote in pretty sure they knew who it was and told us some other stories. And I haven't said this to you yet, but oh, someone yeah. else said that this guy can do, uh, we're talking about penis tricks here. He can do what they call, um, what they oh, called. Oh, you um, did tell me. Sauce on a blimp. Yeah, that was, what the fuck was that? Sauce on a blimp. <laughs> and it pertains, you got to talk like this, it pertains to uh, <laughs> trickery possible for uncut penises. <laughs> and I don't really understand it because that's not sort of uh, how I roll. But um, which is my parents' decision, not mine. I was too young. But uh, fuck. Um, no, I, don't, I, d- wait, I don't understand the source, like the use uh, of so the source. I, I asked. I, I followed up. Oh, you I followed, followed up. up. Yeah, follow up? A, it was yeah. a, it was a trapping. It was it was for effect. Something for the eyes. Yeah, I'm like, oh, of course. When I see a blimp, you want some sauce on it. Yeah. Anyway, that look. I'm not saying that on Patreon. That's all we discuss, but it's kind of the theme, and it's just some looser, some darker. It's, it's not that we're glorifying exploratory. It. It's an ex, it's an information exchange, rightly or wrongly. This is a large part of the culture of cricket globally, and less so for Australia, like right now. But it's still true, and it does inform the way we see things. Yeah, that manifests in source on a blimp. Etc. And we just look at it. If you want to join up, that's patreon.com forward slash great cricketer. Razor has written in. Do you want to read this one out? I read them out last week. Yeah, sure. Razor. Uh, boys, having seen England's meek attempt at competing in Australia this year and then listening to your opinions on YouTube following India's win at Centurion, I fear for the longevity and viability of test cricket. Since seemingly every administration mo- administrative move made by the ECB following the 05 Ashes, uh, following the 05 Ashes, Cricket behind the paywall, the 100, negligence of the county game, has had the goal of making as much money as possible while killing Test cricket. Is it fair to reason that they should no longer be a part of the vaunted Big Three nations? Thus, the state of Test cricket is in the hands of us and India. You boys have a much better grasp and knowledge of the Indian game, but I have the impression that they, and particularly Kohli, want Test cricket to survive. As an Australian fan, though, I feel in a position to comment on our position and lack of leadership on the world stage. I am frankly sick and tired about how we carry on in an administrative sense, prioritising the bottom line above all else. The playing group were eviscerated following sandpaper, and yet somehow CA have apparently dodged their fair share of the blame, despite being comparably culpable, a point Jeff Lemon raises in his book, Steve Smith's Men. That's an award-winning book. Case in point is when in 2018 we cancelled the Bangladeshi tour of Australia for financial reasons. Damn, Brady, quick info. <laughs> the... <laughs> 
I mean, <laughs> he's citing I, sources. Here. I don't think uh, he was just Brady who, who did that. Anyway, uh, no doubt he reported on it faithfully. The Kiwis, on the other hand, as World Test champions, are opening their summer by facing the Tigers, the third such Test series since 2016-17. New Zealand only hosts four Tests a home summer due to the cost of hosting Test matches and have been continually disrespected despite having the best all-round cricket program if you use performance at world events as your metric. Well... Do you think it is likely that Australia will start pulling its weight by sharing revenue and inviting less than prestigious teams to tour on our shore? Is inviting Afghanistan for a one-off test enough evidence to undo the last uh, however many years of neglect? Or has the goal always been to reduce test cricket to Australia v India, home and away, for 8 to 12 tests a year, a smattering of ODIs and whatever T20Is are needed to sate the public's appetite. When this happens, will the Kiwis' ascension to inaugural World Test Champions be remembered fondly as an underdog triumphing, much like Seabiscuit, <laughs> or India and Sri Lanka in 83 and 96, respectively? Or will we have successfully turned the narrative about how we were robbed of two points that ultimately cost us the title? Yours in eternal hope, Razor. Hey, great question, Razor. Ah, uh, so... Just money controls everything. Now, football, uh, as in soccer, is a much more popular sport globally, but even they uh, don't have an off-season anymore because they now play the Audi Cup. Where That's it's a like, good tournament. It's like Real Madrid and Tottenham are in there for some reason. Uh, and, you know, AC Milan and Liverpool and United and stuff, and they, they, they play that in America to try and get some more money. So um, why, would, why, would the, why would CA invite uh, Afghanistan here for a three-test series when no one's going to watch that? And then all the revenues are down, and then we don't there have is any a good, money. There's a good answer to that, I think. What's that? Uh, to understand the answer to that is to like get to the very essence of our like o- like operation and meaning of society. Like Barney Ronay was on the show the other day saying, you know, must must everything be driven by short term financial interest? You know, but what this is, is this? Is, but of course, that's right. I'm not saying I'm not saying that I agree with this. I'm just saying mm-hmm. like. It's not going to happen because it's it's, it's going to take like an entire board of people who answer to shareholders whose interest in the game is that they make more money. Mm. But but sport but these administrations don't have shareholders and yet they are run like um, you know arch capitalist organisations who yes. do serve to to burnish the bottom line, which invariably it helps the coffers of uh, of administrators. You know, like right. I mean. I'm not going to go on a big fucking rant about, uh, you know, you don't hate the ECB, you hate capitalism, but uh, it is too skewed that way. There are, um, there are like moral obligations, I think, to bring other nations through. And actually, there's a good capitalist argument for that from a sustainability perspective. It's just that there's not a good short-term argument for it when if you're an administrator who works for three years in an organisation then fucks off to a consultancy or something like that. Is it fanciful that the Australian public would be invested in the growth of associate nations if Afghanistan played three tests out here for a summer? It's not, it's not fanciful if you have strong leadership, you know? That's what, lead, that's what leadership is. It's literally being a knowledgeable person with good moral fibre and intelligence who is able to grow the game both financially, commercially, and... In the showers. And your penis in the showers. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> That's my problem. Uh, so, uh, any any business or product wants new audiences. They want new 
um, participants. Yeah. They want to grow their stakeholder base. That there are so many people in Afghanistan and Bangladesh, etc. The game will be better. There will be more money if you can do it. But it takes some leadership that is invested in the long term. So many think we're, we're so short termists. Look at our governments, etc. Uh, and that's why there needs to be fast rail. In Australia, I mean, what raises asking, like, what raises asking that? That is the the key existential question of of like men's test cricket as it pertains to the existence of the game altogether. Yeah. And yeah. I think the answer is like very much rooted in your in people's values around like financial systems and capitalism and shit like that. I don't know. Anyway, we're covering a couple of dailies. <laughs> <laughs> I think the answer to raises question is Cam Green's two meters, or is he? I don't know. Thank you very much to Simon Kadich. Thank you very much to Phil Walker. Thank you out there for everyone who's joined us across this summer. There's more episodes to come at TJC this summer, although, of course, we are winding down as the ashes is over. And, indeed, it's 4.9 nil. Fuck off. <laughs>